In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. He was called Gus. Now, Gus was one of those unwelcomed guests that became quite literally attached to me, causing vast problems. I will never forget the day I encountered Gus for the very first time. The gentle breeze was blowing in off the coast of Newport, Rhode Island. The sea was littered with sailboats. And I remember thinking that morning, how I wish I was one on one of those magical vessels with a mimosa in hand. But instead, I was in officer development school wearing my Navy work uniform and combat boots for the very first time. Officer development school was a mixture of physical training, everything from working out to disaster control exercises and firefighting on a ship, coupled with rigorous academic work. The day I first met Gus, I was in the delightfully air-conditioned lecture hall receiving instruction about all the exciting joys and wonderment of human resources that exist in the United States Navy. (laughs) At the conclusion of the lecture, my instructor, Chief Lawrence, came up onto the stage in the lecture hall. On his face, he wore this mischievous grin, and it was at that moment I knew that we were in trouble. Now, for some of you who have been in the Navy, you know exactly what a chief is. They are the backbone of the Navy. In order to become a chief, you have to have been in the Navy for a certain amount of years, oftentimes 15 or plus more years, and you essentially know all the etiquette, everything that you need to do. Think of kind of a Bev Mahan, but in the Navy. So the chiefs, they were appointed over us in officer development school to train us and help us to become better leaders and better officers so as to better serve this great country. The next thing I remember was the bellowing thunder from Chief Lawrence addressing our community. You all are too slow. I'm tired of seeing you be so slow. You have got exactly one minute to get out into the parking lot and form up. Now, forming up is like what you see in the movies where everybody, they get together in their lines and they're marching with somebody doing cadences and all of that. And so we had exactly one minute to get everybody in our group to form up out there. Of course, we didn't get formed up in one minute. We went out to the parking lot and the sun had been hard at work beating the asphalt into a blazing smoldering wasteland. And since we did not form up in one minute as we were commanded to do, our chief said, get on your face and push. So we descended together as a group onto the molten asphalt and began to do push-ups. At the conclusion of all that excitement, we ran to the training ground where we proceeded to do so many 50-yard sprints, I couldn't even tell you how many we did. Once we concluded with the gleeful pleasure of sprinting in our brand new heavy boots, we went to the dreaded, fabled sand pit. It was there that we had the astute privilege of crawling through the sand and doing various modes of exercise 
from burpees, push-ups, and all manner of physical opportunities of growth from the whims of the imagination of our instructors. Whilst we were engaged in this period of physical growth in the sandpit, our instructors were thoughtful enough to provide vociferous commentary in the form of intense instruction. It was later that evening that I met Gus for the very first time. When we finally got back to the barracks and completed all of our meetings at about 2100 or 9 o'clock, I discovered a huge blister on my left pinky toe. It was so ominous, so present, it warranted a name, and so I called it Gus. (laughs) Gus was with me for the rest of my training with every single step reminding me of his presence. Despite Gus, overall, my training was a positive experience. I certainly grew not only in my knowledge and physical prowess, but also in my confidence. I met some truly amazing people who are making sacrifices to serve each and every person in this room. Now, Gus eventually went away, but his memory still lingers on. And I hope to never meet again Gus or the dreaded fable sandpit for the rest of my life. This morning, we heard some intense instruction from Jesus. We heard, whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. There are a couple of themes which grabbed me from our gospel passage this week. The first thing that that grabbed my attention was this reorientation in the midst of our complacency. And the second theme being this message of reorientation was given in the context of community. As I contemplated these words this week, I began to reflect a bit of the wisdom I had received up in Newport from my favorite instructor. My instructor, her name was Master Chief D., And she was an Episcopalian, and she was certainly tough and had a commanding presence. When she entered on deck, it was reminiscent of when Darth Vader made his first entrance on episode four of A New Hope in Star Wars. At one of our morning musters, she began to offer us instruction about the dangers of becoming complacent. I'll never forget, she said, complacency kills Complacency, it starts small. You might not wear your uniform properly or you might not put up your tool correctly. Then all of a sudden, small problems transform into big problems. And then all of a sudden, you have become complacent and you have set up yourself for big time failure because you've slowly ebbed yourself away from your discipline. Master Chief D said that she had seen this complacency grow within a context of a community on a ship. People have gotten themselves hurt really bad or worse because mistakes were made. Mistakes that began from a spirit of complacency. It certainly is easy to become complacent in our day-to-day lives, whether it be in our spirituality, our health, and our relationships. After all, we're so busy, and sometimes we find ourselves 
experiencing a deliberating and paralyzing fatigue. And we can become easily complacent in our discipline. It happens to all of us in various seasons of our lives. You all know exactly where you are growing in complacency right now. In Jesus' intense instruction this morning, he is offering us a a wake-up call, a bit of reorientation for us. This passage seems highly appropriate on this holiday weekend, marking the time from a transition from the summer to the fall. Churches across this world will be beginning a fall programming, and that will be kicking up. And this is a good time for us to be reminded about not becoming complacent. This passage is about the cost of being a Christian and a not-so-subtle reminder of what pursuing the person of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is all about. There are moments and seasons in our lives where we need some reorientation in our lives. The second theme I've been thinking about this week is how Jesus gave this instruction within the context of a community. The gospel lesson starts out by saying, Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And then he turned and spoke. I think this is such a huge component in Jesus' call of reorientation to us this morning. And I, of course, don't want to gloss over it. My present Navy mentor, his name is Chief Peach, he pulled me aside one day and he said, Your existence is no longer about you. It's all about the people around you. He went on to tell me it is my job to build people up that I have been entrusted to care for and to make them the best possible versions of themselves, to help them see and pursue the infinite amount of possibilities in their lives. My Navy mentor is telling me when my community that surrounds me is at their best, I am, will be accomplishing the task of my job. In the midst of this intense instruction from Jesus about the cost of following him, we are reminded that we are not alone in this. I was here at St. Bartholomew's in the midst of the pandemic. I saw how this community excels at helping one another during difficult times. And I experienced firsthand how this community helps one another become the best versions of themselves. I am proud to say that I am a direct product of this community. And whenever I go to Newport, Rhode Island, or when I go onto my first ship, I'm taking you all with me and the lessons and the love and the way that you built me up. It's important to be reminded of these words from Jesus this morning. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. It is good to grapple with why we are followers of Jesus. Are we taking up our cross or are we growing in a state of complacency? If you've been finding yourself in various states of complacency, I've got some good news for you this very morning. You are in a community of people that truly love you. And together, we'll continue to walk with you towards a closeness with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As I read the news and I talk with people, I'm constantly reminded about the importance of the role of the church in the world. People need that love now more than ever. If we become complacent in our spiritual lives, it is very hard for us to fully share the love of our Lord Jesus. 
I know and I love this place. And I just want to stand here and say thank you for all that you've done for me and to implore you to keep up the good work, keep shining the light of our Lord, and keep making a difference. And for that, I say, thanks be to God. Amen.